one of the one of the most uh, awesome things we can do is honor God by honoring one of his sons. Can we just thank the Lord for our pastor and his family this morning? Thank you guys for your faithfulness, how you lead us. We bless you. It is a, a blessing to be with all of you here at the church at Bushland. Um, and we just we don't take this uh, time lightly. We look forward to just sharing the Father's heart. Um, just with all of us this morning. How many of you would just know that we serve a great God? Anybody want to testify? Come on. We serve a great God. He is a good, good father. And really what we've come to do today is just to brag on our dad, um, to brag on our dad and, and just who he is um, for us as a son and daughter. And we just pray as his words go out um, that they will not return void. Here's what I want you just to see just real quickly. I want you to see that the Father's heart is turned toward you right now as his sons and daughters. The last words in the Old Testament are this. It talks about the spirit of Elijah, that in those, the last days that the Father's hearts will be turned toward their children and the children's hearts turned toward their fathers. How many of you want to agree for that promise over our nation? Amen? Amen? Now, come on, let's agree for that promise because that's where it's at. Is that's in the Father's heart, and He's our example. His heart has always been turned toward us as His sons and daughters. It's never been turned away. Somebody needs to hear this morning. He is not disappointed in you. He is not done with you. He is just beginning. Let me tell you, if it's in the Father's heart, then it's available to be in our, our heart. Can I say this to you? There's love in His heart. You are loved. There's forgiveness in his heart. You are forgiven. There is peace in his heart. You get to carry peace. The joy that Paxton testified of, that's available for us this morning. It's turned toward us. And I just want to say this to you. Jesus, before he fulfilled the role of being Savior, he fulfilled the role of being a son. I, I need to say that again. I need to say that again because he's our example. See, the Father's heart is turned toward the children. And the children's heart is then turned back to the Father. God as Father and Jesus as a Son came to be an example of that for all of us. So before Jesus ever fulfilled his role as a Savior, I want to say to you, there is 33 years and for sure those last three that are testified. And every time it talks about Jesus, you're seeing what it looks like to be a son. This morning, would we all leave out of here this morning knowing Jesus is not only my Savior, but listen, he is my example of how it is to live as a son or as a daughter. The best gift I get to give my beloved bride and my children is my gift of sonship. How can I lead my wife and my children apart from being a son first? Because when I spend time with my daddy, now my daddy reminds me who he is, which reminds me who I am, because I've been made in his image just like all of you, and now I get to just imitate what's in the father's heart, and they get the blessing of being a son because I got a good, good father. I want my wives and daughters to encounter the father, and the best way they get to do that is I get to give them my sonship. And I want to say to you, that's what Jesus came, as he came to model what it looked like to be a son to a good, good father. This morning, we just want to share that part of God's heart with you. Lana's going to come and just share what that looks like out of a passage in Deuteronomy, and then I'll come back after that. And so, anybody hungry to see what God has for our families this morning? Amen? 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 All right? Okay. I love my man. 
I want to I want to share a verse out of Deuteronomy that just kind of rocked our world. Uh, about five years, we were going into our fifth year of ministry, um, and we were just going through a personal study of Deuteronomy. I know that sounds strange, but that's what we were doing. Um, and we had no idea the treasure that God had for us and how He was going to align um, really our hearts with his, um, and how he saw family, and how he saw ministry. It's Deuteronomy 6, if you want to turn to it, starting in verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Now, as we were going through Deuteronomy, here's what we realized. This passage right here, and still to this day, um, this is what the Jews in synagogues all over, all over the world, Jewish synagogues, this is how they start every single meeting. Why does that matter to us? Because Jesus was Jewish. Because all of his disciples were Jewish. Because they never stopped being Jewish. And because of the reconciliation, because of the redemption that we have from the cross, we get to be grafted in not only to salvation but to the blessing God taught the Jews how to be set apart in the world as an example of how for us to live set apart in the world. And so this part of the scripture, this is key and it's foundational um, in Jewish homes and families. And here's, what, here's how that changed everything for us. We realized that the commandment was not given to the ministers or the priests. The commandment was given to the mothers and the fathers. In the homes, the fathers and the mothers, were to ch- they were charged, they were commanded, teach them to love me. Teach your children to love me. Not obey me. That's not, what he, that's not his focus. His focus is teach them to love me. The commandments... It was always about love. It was always going back to the garden. He wanted to be in relationship with his children. And that's how, that's the foundation of what he wants family to look like. And so that was where we began to realize our first and most important, our only ministry that truly mattered was in our home. And every, all parts of our ministry, everything we did flowed out of that. So our charge was first to let the Lord minister to us and then to minister to each other and to minister to our children. And we began to realize that not only were we supposed to do that, but it was like this, you know, we're the, these young youth ministers, and we're like, we got to tell the parents. What if they don't know? They don't know. They're just bringing their kids to church, and somebody else is teaching them. we got to tell them. And it just became this life calling on us that we wanted to see mothers and fathers know that they're equipped that you are equipped. You have the word tells us that we have everything we need for life and godliness according to the knowledge of the one who who came. We are equipped. Dads, you are so equipped. <laughs> 
and your families, they not only need you, they want you. And so we want our lives to be about championing mothers, fathers, grandparents, those in the home, because we know that long after our voice, you know, we kind of come and go sometimes in and out of of students' lives, but your voice stays. And that's what we feel called. We realize we're like, okay, we are passionate about students, but we are passionate about family because we want to minister to the moms and the fathers, and we want to say, you're awesome because God says you are. You're equipped and you're capable. You're not just adequate. You're not just enough. You are empowered. You're commanded to teach these things. And everything that he wants you to teach his children, everything he wants you to teach your children, he wants to teach you first. Like Tommy was talking about, we live as sons and daughters. And so everything we do, when we parent, I parent as a daughter. When he parents, he parents as a son. As I fulfill my roles just as a wife and getting to love and serve my husband, I do it as a daughter. And that, he takes care of everything else. And so that's what we are passionate about. We're passionate to see families restored, not just to, um, really just to let the Lord teach us what does family look like. And we really believe that God began to model that in the garden. He walked with his children. You know, remember when he went to go get um, Adam and Eve and he was looking for him. He says, where are you? Because he knew that they wouldn't come to find him because they were so ashamed. And he still does that with us today. He comes and finds us. He comes and he's looking and he says, where are you? Dad, where are you? Come back. Come back. Mom, where are you? And so that's what we want um, to champion is fathers and mothers who love the Lord, who know that they're sons and daughters, and who want to live that out first in their home and then letting everything else flow from that. As we begin to do that with our children, um, the Lord just began to open up Scripture to us like never before. And we began to see um, not just like, you know, grabbing Scripture out of air, but really sitting with the Lord and asking Him, God, what do you say about our children? What do you see in my daughter that you want me to pray for in the Word? And He began to lead us to Scripture that he was speaking over our children. And we began to speak it over them and then watch them, watch those things come to life in them. And it was so fun. And it was fun in the good times. And then it provided strength for us in the difficult times. Because it's not always difficult. Raising children are difficult. It's difficult. It's hard sometimes. There's a lot of tears. A lot of, you know, going in your room. So... Um, But here's the thing, as a daughter, as a son, we are never doing it alone. And so we just want um, to encourage you, we've just been praying that today um, and every Sunday that when you come here, that you would just have an extra measure of hope, an extra measure of refreshing, that you would know wherever your level of knowledge of God is, However much you know that he loves you today, we are just praying that he would peel back and show you a little bit more. However equipped 
you feel, or ill-equipped, unequipped, you feel as a parent, as a grandparent, as a guardian, as a mentor, we just pray that he would peel back another layer and go, you are so equipped. I believe in you. If he didn't believe in you, he wouldn't have given you those children. <laughs> so, so we just, we bless um, we want to be a blessing as a family, and we want to bless other families by empowering and equipping them um, to know, to walk in the ways of the Lord. So. Amen. Uh, whew, I love that girl. She's awesome. I tell you what, how many of you um, know that parenting and marriage and all those things, it doesn't always come with a manual? We're looking for that, you know, that next book, that next thing. Tell me how to do this. Tell me how to do that. And I want to say to you, there's a lot of great resources out there. But here's what we all have in common, because every family's different. I get it. All family units are different. And there's not going to be that one quick fix in any one book. But here's what I heard the Lord say. Stop looking for the right manual, because it comes with something greater. It comes with a Father that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So no matter what your family looks like today, you don't have to find the right manual because the Father's heart is wide open toward you this morning, and he is for you. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want us just to see how Jesus came to fulfill this for all of us as sons and daughters. Not only is he that example, but he made sure that there would be a way for us not only to be forgiven, to be saved, but he made a way for us to be one with the Father and to be one with each other. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15. And there's so much good stuff here. It says, And he, Jesus, died for all that those who live, listen to this, should no longer live for themselves, but for him, for Christ, who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Lord, help us just understand what you're saying there, that we not any longer respond to each other in the flesh, but may we only repeat what we hear you say in the Spirit. When the flesh begins to rise up in our homes, Lord, we don't regard each other that way because that's not how you regard us. You see us as one who's loved, healed, cleansed, and forgiven, and we want to see our spouses and our children the way you see them. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, this is one of the verses you all know, if anyone is in Christ, if you have confessed him, that means you're a son and daughter. You are a new creation. Anybody want to say new creation? Come on. New creation, that's who we are. That's who Jesus came to establish. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us. Don't miss this. He's reconciled us. That just means to make one again. The enemy sought to divide. The enemy sought to destroy. And I want to say to you, Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. Here's the abundant life right here, that you would be reconciled, that you would wake up every morning and know, I am a child of the king. I know that my daddy is good, and he is for me, and he is not against me in any form that's any weapon formed against me will not prosper because my God is just that good. I've been reconciled to him through Jesus Christ, and now he's given me this is one of the, the places where I see that he's given us as sons and daughters a ministry. And here it is. Now we've been entrusted the ministry of reconciliation. Would your family 
be an open door to the throne room of heaven for other families that they too can be reconciled and made one with God and that it would trickle into their families and that they would know we're always for each other and never against each other. It says that is that God, verse 19, was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Listen to this. This is good news. Not imputing their trespasses, not holding sin against them, and has committed to us now this word of reconciliation. May we not let sin bring any more destruction in our home. Can I tell you, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Anytime you see sin running rapid in your home, you just speak the name of Jesus because he's got to submit and resist you and he's got to get out. Parents, let me tell you, what does that look like in our home? It's us, as Lana was saying, agreeing. God, what do you say about my son and daughter? Because I'm not seeing that right now, but I know your words bring life, and there's power in agreement. And as I agree with those, as I agree with those and release those, you will not let those return void. How many know that we're all works in progress? How many of you are so thankful that God's patient with you? Come on, parents, come on. How many of you know that, that it, it didn't just happen for you with the Lord? How many of you know that this is a journey? I want to say to you, how do our kids know what it looks like to obey? How do they know what it looks like to respect? How do they know what it looks like to honor? How do they know what it looks like to forgive? How do they know what it looks like to take ownership? How do they know what it looks like to say, I'm sorry? God gave them an example. It's Jesus, but it's Jesus in you and through you. If I want to lead my children anywhere, I want to lead them into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because I know, watch this, it's not up to me to change her behavior. It's up to me to show her a heart that's been captured by the Father's heart. Can I say that again? I'm going to say, I'm gonna, I love you. Say, 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 I love you, Tommy. All right, I want you to say that. All right, I want to say that, okay? All right, listen to me. I want to set some parents free right here because this is in the Word of God. He didn't come. All right, so that we would be about raising our kids for behavior modification. I think a lot of what we do tends to just, we want to, to modify how they behave. And I want to say to you, you will get tired and you will get weary, and that is, a, that is not what you were made for. You were made to let the Father pour his heart into your heart that you might be an example that your children will look at and go, I want what my mom and dad have. You want to see behavior shift? Let their heart connect with the Father's heart, and the behavior will follow that. Because how many of you know the word of the Lord says, as the way your heart goes is the way your life goes. You guard your heart in Christ Jesus. Come on. Come on. And we've made it more difficult than it should be. It starts with a question. It's this, Dad, what do you say about this? Paige can tell you. She would bring things to me. And how many of you dads are out there like, I got to have an answer. I got to have a quick fix. I got to get in there. I got to control this. Can I just give you a little piece? The fruit of the Spirit's called self-control, not control. So if God's given you self-control, then why are we trying to control? Do you see as the father parents us? Let us parent our children. It's not up for me to fix her situation. It's up for me to model for her. Dad, what do you say about this? And then let those words come out of her mouth and let her hear God for herself. So when now she gets the keys to the car, I don't have to sit there on my couch going, biting my nails going, oh, my gosh, where is she? What is she doing? You know, all that stuff. Because I know whom I have believed in, but I know who my daughter who has believed in. 
And I know my God is able to do more, more than I could ever dream or imagine. So we don't live in fear. We walk by faith because our God is that good. Lana and I, early in marriage, I, I, I know you don't believe this about us, but we used to get in some arguments ourselves. It happened. It was real. And I remember the day when we were in our bedroom and the spirit broke in and he said, Tommy, when are you going to ask me to come in? Because how many of you know if one of you wins the argument, you both lose? I won't have any husbands testify, all right? It's not about your way. It's about his way. And let me tell you what happened that day. Because it was, it was me trying to get my point across. This is the way it's going to be. I wear the pants in this family. And that wasn't helping us at all. And the spirit broke in, and I took her hand in my hand, and I got down on my knees, and we invited the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into that moment. And something shifted and something changed that stayed with us ever since. Because... The Spirit of the Lord came in. And how many of you know that when the light comes in, the darkness has to flee? And there was no more room for the darkness to overcome what God put together. Let no man separate. And so when our daughters saw us having an argument, then they got to get in on the reconciliation because we've been entrusted in this. We got to be an example. Can I just tell you the heart of God is turned toward your heart today? All we got to do is in response is just say, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? David and Samuel, I'll close here. David came home with his men. They were out to battle. And the Amalekites had come and taken all the wives and the children. Not anything anybody would wish upon themselves. All the men were discouraged. They were, I mean, guys, if, if you didn't know this, the enemy's attacking our homes. He's attacking our homes. David came home. The enemy had attacked. The home had been broken up. The men were ready to stone David. And I want to say to you, David is known as a man after God's own heart. Don't miss this. And it says that David, even though there was opposition, the one thing he knew to do, and here's what I want to say to all of us in this room today, this is the most important thing. He inquired of the Lord. He said, Dad, what do you say about this situation? Because when we get his word, how many of you know that when you agree with his word, he always fulfills his promises? There is no problem too big for you or your family today. The question is, will you inquire of him and just ask him, Daddy, what do you say? Because watch this, David got the word. He stood up before the men. He said, this is what my dad says. He says, we're going to go get our sons and daughters, our wives, and we're going to get them out of the enemy's hands, and we're going to bring them back, and we're going to be fully reconciled, and God's going to get glory for it. Can I say to you, your family's one miracle away, one reconciliation away, one I'm sorry away, one I forgive you away from being a bright, shining light in all this community to say, what my God did for me, what my dad did for me, what he did for my family, he can do for you too. That's how God takes something that's difficult and he turns the tables on the enemy that he might get glory for it. Your family might be positioned at just the right time, at just the right place, just to trust him and just say, God, we're going to believe you're going to do a miracle and reconcile every heart here. And watch what he does as he impacts others. 
I want us to close this way. I'm going to ask the teenagers, all right? Let's all go find our families just right now, just in this moment. The worship team is going to come. We're just going to take a moment. So teenagers, if your family's here, go ahead and go find them. Everybody just go ahead and stand up. Find your families. Try to get just there together. Some of you have five and six. Teenagers, if your family's not here, then go with one of your friends and their family. We're going to just believe God this morning. We're going to let his heart just turn toward us as families this morning. We're going to give you a moment right there. Our eyes are the window to our soul. What God has poured into your heart, you get to release into others. I want you just to turn toward each other, whatever family you have with you. And if you don't have any other family, here's good news. How many know the Lord sets the lonely in families, and you're in a church family right now? Amen? So turn toward each other right there. And just in this moment, all right, we're going to give you an opportunity just to say, Dad, what do you say about our family? What do you say about our family? And if, if you just, as you, I know this is different. I know it might feel awkward, but I'm going to tell you, this is God's heart for your family, is that you agree with him. Dad, what do you say? I'm telling you right now, let him reconcile hearts. Let him pour truth over you. Let him speak love. Lana's going to pray a blessing over your family. And then there's just going to be some moments there where you just agree with God. God, what are you saying? Because if you say it, that's the promise, and that's what you want to do. So Lana's going to pray for you, and then we're going to give you some moments there. He is so in love with you. However much you think he loves you, it's so much more. So God, we just sit at your feet right now as moms and dads, as children. But God, we all sit at your feet as sons and daughters. God, I bless every family represented in this room this morning. God, would you pull them close? God, however you've revealed your love to them, would you multiply it? God, would you bless the fathers? Because from their blessing, we all get blessed. So I just bless the fathers in this room in Jesus' name. Just echo your words, God, that they are strong and they are courageous. And they are equipped. God, bless the mothers in this room. Those that have poured out their hearts before you on their knees for their families. God, would you let them know that their prayers are heard. Keep praying. Please keep praying. We bless the children. We say that there are armies around them that believe in them and say that they have a great future full of hope and prosperity and purpose. God, would you reveal plans for our families? God, thank you for faithful grandmothers and grandfathers, for aunts and uncles that stepped in and led and prayed and fought for us. Thank you, God, would you bless them? Bless them, you are faithful. You are faithful. 
and we love you. So just in this moment, you just do that together as a family. God is your father. So just bless each other. We're in this together. Just echo his words. This is your moment. Go for it. I'm going to invite our altar.